today's podcast is all about creating a paper-free office. Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy, and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. And this is desperately exciting, <laughs> even though you might not think it is. It is. It is exciting. It's a great excitement, this is. Thank you. And with me today is uh, my DH, darling husband, Andy. Hello, everybody. So great to have you, Andy, here with us. And that's I've, I've kind of invited you on today because, to be honest, although I'd love to claim the glory for creating a paper-free office, it's really down to you. So thank you very much for being here. You can, uh, you can totally take welcome. us through it. You're totally welcome. I, I learned these skills over 20 years, perhaps 25 years, working for various different banks and financial institutions, and some of them I invented myself. So hopefully we can give this as a gift tips to the listener. So one of the things which, uh, when I first started setting up my property business, that I realised was there's an awful lot of paperwork, whether it's ASTs or other kinds of contracts or mortgage statements, bank statements, uh, EPCs, you name it. Lots and lots and lots of, even in this technologically fueled environment that we're in, everything still seems to be very much paper-based. Well, you had filing cabinets full of them, didn't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, I think many people do. They feel that the only way to keep their papers safe is to stick them in files, in filing cabinets. But as you know, if you're going to scale a business, you've got to find a system which enables you to scale without taking up more and more space, because otherwise you end up renting space just to hold paper. And we both looked at it and said, hang on a minute, this is not a good use of our space. Well, it's also very dangerous because if your house burns down, you've had it. Yes, that's or where, true. Wherever, wherever, you store, wherever you store your stuff. It's really, it's really important. Lots and lots of businesses fail up and down the land every year. Why? Because they lost the paperwork. So what we're going to share with you today is what we did to create a completely paper-free office. And it's true to say that as of today, uh, really as of the last couple of years, we haven't got any paper that hangs around the office, which is to do with property. It's all online and it's all backed up and saved and secure, isn't it? All true. So, Andy, would you like to give people a bit of an idea about what are the what is what do they need to invest in to start this process? Let's let's say they're sitting looking around their office, whether it's a, an office that they rent or it might be their home office, and they're maybe just beginning to organise their their systems, and they're looking around thinking, "Yikes, I've got all this paper. Where do I begin?" Okay, so I think most people, as you say, will be sitting at their desks and therefore let's assume most people will be taking on this task relating to either a PC or a Mac. You can create a paper-free office using a mobile phone, actually, and that's perhaps something we could talk about on another, on another podcast. But for now, I think let's focus it on using a PC or a Mac. And that is a good place to start and it's easier because the interface on a mobile phone it's much more cramped and it's harder to manipulate documents, etc. So this is where we're going to be talking about, about a PC or a Mac. So you're going to need a good quality scanner. Actually, once again, it's worth mentioning, you can scan documents using apps for Android and for iPhone. But once again, it's hard. So we haven't taken that route here and I wouldn't recommend that the listener does. The best thing to do is to invest in actually a proper tool for the job, which is a sheet-fed scanner. 
Now, there are a number of manufacturers who make these and they connect typically via USB. You can connect them by Wi-Fi as well, but I prefer to take a, a direct USB input into the machine, into the computer. Fujitsu is the big brand in this area, but there are others as well. So you're going to get that scanner, you're going to plug it into your PC or Mac, and you're going to install the supplied software. And what that then enables you to do is to take a sheaf of documents, maybe it's a 50, perhaps 75, stack them in the back of the scanner, hit a button, and then the scanning process begins. So it's automated, and that's, of course, the big downside of using a mobile phone to, to take the time to scan each page, turn the next page, scan it. It can be done, but it's a hassle, and you won't do it. So what you're saying is a flatbed... No, not a flatbed. Not it's, a flatbed scanner. Don't use a flatbed scanner because it takes too long. You've got to have something that pulls the sheet through automatically. And what's that kind of scanner called? That is a sheet feed scanner. A sheet scanner. feed scanner, okay. That's it, you bet. And yes, the one we have, which is a Fujitsu one, which I don't think they actually make that model it's anymore. An, it's an old one, but it's, I mean, they keep updating them, but uh, it's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that one's, that works very, very well because it's uh, just right between our two desks. Um, and it seems to be absolutely great for both of us to be able to use, doesn't it? I think it works fine and we have connected it to a USB splitting device and you can get these so if you've got a, an office with two or three machines in it you can split the USB and select which output the scanner goes to. Very simple, very clean and nice. Now when you scan those documents and they go through the scanner and they're going like you say shh, 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 yep. what happens once you scan the documents? So then the interface on the PC or the Mac will bring up a, a window that says, what do you want to do with this file? We've just created a file. Well, you want to save it. So you've got to give it a name, something meaningful, something such as mortgage statement, number one, Acacia Avenue, 1st of January, 2020. So that you can go ahead and find that in a stack of other files in a, in a directory or folder later on but the other really important thing is to say that you should set the default for the scanner to save as a pdf some of them want to save as jpegs or bmps or gifs or whatever always save as pdf it's a good file format it's been with us a long time we'll have pdf readers with us for a good long time into the future so that's the right one to pick so two things that uh, spring to mind there is number one in that case all your papers need to be separated out document by document rather than scanning them all on mass you you are, i mean you, of course you could do one big scan on mass but it's going to make it much harder because then you're going to have to use it all to split the pdf down later on so best to take one document at a time give it a name that's the end of that process start the next document give it a name save it on and on and on and it will of course it will if you've got a stack of documents if you've not done this ever before set yourself down for some days maybe to get through your backlog but once you've done it then you've learned the process and it's going to be easy so the sheet feed scanner is the first piece of uh, equipment i can see how that you know really does start to transform the pile of paper that you've got on your desk or in your filing cabinet and it reduces it down very quickly into um, online pdfs and of course for... well not online actually we at the moment we've talked about saving to the local pc 
Right. Okay. Well, so is worth is it worth covering that online piece now as let, well? Let's let's do that in a moment because okay. I think we need to talk about file organisation. Yeah. Fine. So let let's just take it step by step for people to understand how they would do this. Now, once you have scanned that document. Some people would might might think they might fear that actually you need the paper document. So what we're suggesting is not going to work because yeah. uh, maybe your mortgage broker or your solicitor is going to need the actual paper document. What would you say to that? It's never happened, has it? In, no. <laughs> it's never never happened. Um, my my feeling is that you won't need that if you check the history of this on the internet and see what the various opinions of lawyers are. Mostly they're in agreement these days that a good copy will suffice. And frankly, think about this. If you have a high resolution copy of the document with a good printer, you can print it back out again. Who's ever going to know whether that's the original or not? Yes. Who's ever going to know? So it's fine. But of course, we should mention that once you have made that decision that that's good enough to have a scan you should shred the original in a secure fashion with a cut feed shredding device so that's the second piece of equipment that people need is a cut feed shredding device and yeah. they are available on all good um online um say they retailers, are, I mean, aren't th- they? you can get them online in because we're recording this during lockdown so it would be probably cast as a non-essential item so i think you're gonna have to order it online <laughs> i think so i mean it's important to get these um they, they they shred into a million they shred the document into sort of a million small pieces rather than in the old days you could get shredders that literally produce those long ribbons of shred but what the scientists found out was that you could actually reassemble those documents so it wasn't perfectly secure so get one that does the chopping as well as the cutting okay that's a good good idea and they're not too expensive are no they? 30 quid something like that so you've got these pieces of equipment you've now got your flat sheet scanner no 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 sheet feed scanner sheet feed scanner the sheet the sheet feed is what's pulling it through sheet feed i will get that right yeah, yeah, that's okay. i do know what it looks like yeah, i just yeah. don't know what to call it sheet feed scanner and you've got your shredder so those are the two bits that you need mm-hmm. your scanner is connected to your laptop so everything that you scan goes onto your laptop and we'll talk about file organization in a moment so immediately you will start to see a reduction in the volume of paper that is hanging around your environment which is a really good thing but as you said Andy one of the things is time you're going to need Mm -hmm. some time to set aside aren't you to do this Mm -hmm. because let's say you've been running your property business for two or three years you might have I don't know 10 15 properties Uh, you might have one it doesn't it doesn't matter to us how many or how few you have but this process you can actually repeat for so many other parts of your life, can't you? Everything, and we have. We have nothing in paper. No, we don't, absolutely. But setting aside time to do it is, is crucial, isn't it, it? Well, it'll take a very long time, and it's, it's not only the actual act of scanning, but it's the learning process as well, because you will hit, hit obstacles. One of the things is that you might forget to pull the staples out of the document. So you put the document into the scanner, but then it mangles it because you've left the staple in the corner. Little things like that, you get to know. In fact, that's a very useful tip, actually. Get hold of a staple-removing device. They're a little prongy sort of device that pulls the staples out of the corners of documents because you will need to scan each sheet. 
why people staple documents together is beyond my... I'm, well, it's less, isn't it? I think it's a lot less now. But there was a time when it really was a popular thing. Yeah. So, okay. So once uh, we've, we've now started to scan and we've started to shred, can we talk a bit about how you then deal with these PDFs that you're then creating from the scanned documents? Of course. So those documents will be on the local PC. But this is the really super important part now is make sure that you set the scanning software up so that all the output goes into the same root folder structure so you'll have one folder let's call that scan scan files so that's your top level and then underneath that you'll have a set of folders now you can choose to organize that in any way that you wish but we often have ours set out by property so number one acacia avenue number two acacia avenue number three acacia avenue and then documents relating to each of those properties could go inside that folder or you may wish to have subfolders again within number one Acacia Avenue. You might want to have mortgage statements, rent arrear statements, water bills, whatever it might be. And or, or tenancy statements. Tenancy statements. I mean, really, I don't want to be too prescriptive about this because it's up to the individual how they might want to set it out. But having a basic folder structure is really good and naming the file accurately. What is the file? What's the date on the file? As much as you can think of, the more text in the file name, the better, because then in future, you'll be able to find it easier if you're searching for it using Windows File Search or Spotlight on the Mac. Or Google. Or Google, you know, any of these search tools. I have found what's really helped us in our business is having a, a, a folder for each property. So as you say, 16 Acacia Avenue, it sounds like we own the whole of Acacia Avenue, doesn't it's it? It's good to us, that one. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I, I found it's really been helpful to have a folder, uh, which is almost like an umbrella. So we have 16 Acacia Avenue, and then within that folder, we then have six subfolders. One might be HMO licensing, one would be photos for marketing, one would be maybe tenancy agreements, mortgage statements, financial uh, paperwork, and other documents, which might be things like certificates, safety certificates, and so on. And that structure we have copied to every single folder that we have a, a property. So every single property has the same set of subfolders within it. And that's been extremely useful because number one, it means that you don't have to think about where to file those documents. You 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 think, ah, oh, this is the mortgage statement for 16 Acacia Avenue. It goes into the mortgage folder on the 16 Acacia Avenue folder. It's it's kind of becomes automatic. You just kind of do it. But for me, the bigger impact has been leverage. It's been having a team who can do this for you. So we don't actually need to do this anymore because we have a team who they can scan, save and shred the documents. We have VAs, we have a lettings team, we have an operations manager. They can upload documents into those folders as well. And that is really, really helpful because it means that actually you and I can be then removed and certainly our role is much more reduced in terms of then organising all those files because it's a simple skeleton structure which we allow other people to then focus on. 
there's a standard operating procedure behind it. But the point we need to make here is that what we've done is we have taken that folder structure that you've already talked about, which is absolutely correct, and we have actually built that inside an online file repository, which is Google Drive. So uh, you, you have slightly different mechanisms for doing this than me, but in a nutshell, that local folder structure where you save the documents to, it is uh, synchronized automatically onto the Google Drive. And that exact same folder structure appears up there. And then fantastically, that is now shared with our staff and they can access that folder as well. They can add to it using the standard operating procedure. They know where to put their files. And that is that, that means that now we don't have so-called islands of data. The people who need to see the, the material can get to it. So it really works, this system, because it allows us not only to have a paper-free office, but also have a team that has a paper-free office and to have a business which is remote. And even before the very first lockdown, when people were starting to adapt their businesses to work more from home, to work more remotely, that is how we have operated from day one, which yeah. has been massively beneficial during this time, hasn't it? Well, it's just the way we work, isn't it? We didn't really have to change hardly at all. No. I can't think of any real change we perhaps asked to do more meeting even more meetings online but it didn't really have a big impact on on the way we run the business no absolutely and I think that's been a real learning lesson that the sooner you can adapt the sooner that you can educate yourself how to use online tools and processes and create systems for your business the sooner you can um, if you like, eliminate risks to the business and uh, things not working very well. I think there's also some behavioural traits and practices that are useful just to cover as well. My experience of doing this has been that you have to be quite disciplined about it. You've got to get into a habit of receiving paper which still comes through our letterbox every day and more and more really it's astonishingly but you've got to when you get that paperwork either set aside time every week to scan it to save it and to shred it or do it when you get it yes there, there was a rule in the there was a there was a book that was written a few well, probably 30 years ago now called the one minute manager and one of the tips in that book said only touch paper once so in other words when the paper comes onto your desk or onto your in tray deal with it there and then or leave it until you've got a defined time don't keep picking it up and putting it down and picking oh, okay. it up and putting it down and you know procrastinating about dealing with yeah. it just touch it once scan save and shred so I think that is a key part of making this process work, isn't it? Making set aside time, making it as a regular habit and uh, doing it when it needs to be done rather than waiting for it to pile up. And I would add into that that, that time sometimes should be spent making sure that the system is working. So making sure that your documents really are getting saved down into the right place on the PC and that that part on the PC really is getting synchronised up to the right location on Google Drive or Dropbox or wherever you want to do it. There's a million of these services now. Just make sure that it's all working. Take the most recent document that you've scanned, make sure that it got uploaded automatically, and then you can have peace of mind as well. And this will, of course, make your business much more profitable because you will have less 
finding of documents you will find them all online you can find them quickly you can be efficient and it will save you oodles of time which is of course money and it will enable you to scale with a team so it's a winner all round absolutely thanks ever so much andy you're welcome Good to have you on the podcast today and uh, look forward to hearing the comments from you as you start to implement our paper-free office system. Speak to you very soon. Thank you for listening to the HMO Success Podcast. If you'd like to know more about how you can create a profitable HMO business, please visit our website, hmosuccess.co.uk, to find out more. We have plenty of free tools and information for you there and also on our Facebook group, the ultimate HMO success system. We look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks for listening.